Welcome to One More Ride with John Bruce. Welcome to One More Ride. I'm your host, John Bruce. It is Sunday, May 31st, 2020. Um, Yeah, there's a lot going on right now. And we're hoping that uh, you'll be able to take about an hour and a half out of your time, out of your week to kind of clear your head from everything that's going on out there in the world. First off, I feel like it, it needs to be addressed. You know, everything that's happening, it's not just in Minneapolis anymore. It's kind of all over. You know, I don't like to get on and talk about certain things, but I feel like this kind of needs to be said, but we have to do better as a whole. We have to be better. We have to, like, as a, I like to say I'm Asian because I, I am a quarter Asian, but as a white man in this world, it's, or as a white person in general, there, there is a level of privilege. I hate that term. I hate white privilege. I hate that term, but I don't have to worry about a lot of things that black people or people of color, however you want to say it, have to worry about in this world. Like I don't have to worry about a lot of things. If I get pulled over by a police officer and I am getting my ID out of the glove compartment, I'm not worried about it because I, they're not, I'm probably not suspicious it's just it it's something that i think everyone needs to see we 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 probably will never understand how people of color black people african americans feel because we don't go through that for me like for me speaking i don't go through that so i can do things without worrying about different consequences that may come up and right now it doesn't feel like it's a safe place out there for everybody it should be this should be a place where everybody should feel welcome and that it's not like that right now so i think once we acknowledge that a change has to happen everyone everyone i don't think i've seen anyone be like oh yeah the the police officer is in the was in the right in that uh, in that murder, but you know it, it's it goes beyond just knowing what's right and wrong. It's stepping out and you know seeing if you could make a change. And uh, you know I, it, it's troubled me for the last few days, and I don't ever think about stuff that's going on in the real world, like I. I just kind of go along, you know, live my life and try to just do my, do me. And this has got me kind of shaken up a little bit. We can't ignore something just because it doesn't affect us necessarily. And that's kind of, that's kind of my last thought on this right now. Um, We don't really talk about it on today's show. I, I once again had Mark Schiffko on. We did a really fun power tower and it just kind of 
we probably, and we covered 14 movies in that. I bet we probably talked about 45 to 50 movies overall in our talk. And this wasn't even supposed to be a, a full movie show or episode. So this, this episode is much more on, on movies. So going to movies and kind of thinking about it that way, I, I noticed something today and I, I plugged it in. I put a post up on Facebook about it. I have the very first item I ever bought with my own money in my living room right now. It is a 19 inch sharp, which I don't even know sharp makes TVs anymore. I think they do, but I'm not hundred sure on that. A sharp TV. It's sitting in my living room. I plugged it in today. It still works. I bought it over 25 years ago with my own money from a paper route that I had started when I was eight. I took over from my brother when he got into high school. So we probably had the paper route six or seven years combined. I bet it was seven or eight years because I think I had it for almost five and I made enough money through hard work. And thankfully my mom helped me out a lot. Uh, by wrapping the papers a lot of times or sometimes driving me around if it was raining. But it, it's just one of those things where some people keep their first dollar they earn. And I, I kept the first thing I bought. I remember my grandmother that we called Gaga. Um, she actually opened me a checking or not a checking account, a savings account. And the funny part about it was they, she wanted to open it for me. And for some reason, the person couldn't understand that. Yes, she was uh, Japanese. She had, she lived in Japan for the first 23 years of her life, maybe 24. And she never gained a full ability to speak really excellent English, but you could understand what she was trying to say. So I don't really understand how that part got screwed up. So it was actually never my savings account. It actually went to my grandma and I was a part of it too. But it's just one of those things where I, it was really cool to be able to turn it on and see that this thing still works. And it's something that meant a lot to me when I was little. Yeah, it was 19 inches and it felt like a huge TV back then. Because there, there weren't flat screens. It was one of the analog, you know, the big box TVs. And it's just this just big old school thing. It's not great quality, but it, it works. And I'm, if, if I ever have children, that's something that I'm going to be able to pass along. Even if it's just to watch movies on. Because it still is able to be connected that way. I'm not sure a cable box would be able to connect to it right now, but... It's pretty cool how uh, certain things have meaning to you, even if it is kind of materialistic stuff like that. But the last thought I wanted to say before, you know, we get into the the meat of the show is science is cool. I, I hope people were able to watch the uh, SpaceX space shuttle uh, go off today. I think it was at three twenty two. PM Eastern Standard Time. It it launched. Everything was successful. It was just you know, I I don't understand how they were able to do that in the '60s. I don't really understand how they can do it now. Uh, 
But also, just because people think science is, you think science is cool. Okay, we're in space. We're, they're going to be, I think, docking on Sunday morning along with the International Space Station. Okay, yeah, so science is cool. But don't let, just because certain things in science you don't agree with, take away from how impressive all pieces of science are. I think that was the coolest part of Breaking Bad to me, was how how much science was incorporated into the show and seeing the chemistry and everything. And there's so many things that science has to do in our world. And I just think it's crazy that some people just dismiss it. Like it's not a real thing because it doesn't fit under your view of something. Like if science tells me something more than likely, that's how it's actually going to be. It's not science doesn't have political beliefs. Science doesn't really care. Science Science is there to be proven and through science. And that's why science is so cool because it's there's so many different things that it can do. And today, or yesterday, I guess Saturday, we got to watch the space shuttle launch. And no matter how many times you see it, it it's amazing. They launch, and I, I believe it was nine engines or nine thrusters go off and once it gets to a certain point they just they kill those and then they release it back to earth and it landed on a ship like come on (laughs) it's just it's amazing it it was almost completely out of the atmosphere and it drops back in or it was out of the atmosphere actually and it drops back in and lands on a ship in the i believe was the atlantic ocean Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's pretty awesome. So, we're going to have a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsor. And then, following that, we will have a a conversation with Mark Schiffko. And uh, I think it's a fun show. So, hang on tight. And we'll be right back with more One More Ride right after this. Welcome into one more ride. Uh, once again, I'm John Bruce, and I'm not going to say as always, but he's on most of the time. Uh, once again, this is Mark Shifko. How are you doing today, Mark? Good, John. How about you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing doing fair. I'm doing fair to fair to good. Um, fair. You know, we we kind of talked beforehand. There's some stuff going on out there that um, you know we're going to try not to talk about on here, but. Um, you know, it's just, it, it is upsetting to a point. So, uh, I could be better, but at the same time, I'm, I'm lucky to be in the situation I'm in. That's very well said. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so what have you been up to? Uh, you know, basketball started back, uh, the state yeah. of, uh, Ohio has allowed us to resume, uh, off season workouts. So, uh, we've been in the gym. Um, it's a lot different this time around compared to last year. So mm-hmm. last year was my first year uh, of coaching. 
And it was cool. I mean, we had like two weeks straight in June where we could get after it, you know. And then there, there's like some down periods. So the summer is kind of like a roller coaster. This year, like we have no idea what to expect. <laughs> yeah, because like, are we going to be able to play games in June or July? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, and the workouts for, you know, we can get into it a little bit, but the workouts are totally different. Like for one, mm-hmm. you can't have a ball touch uh, one player and go to another player. Um, right. It's rebounding your own shot, chasing it again. It can't be more than 10 people in the gym, including coaches. Uh, coaches yeah. have to wear face masks. So that takes a lot of getting used to. Uh, I feel like yeah. I'm really good at cleaning stuff and spraying Lysol. Yeah. Now, Got a lot I'll of say, practice. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, act, we start on Monday. So I think that's good first. And so I'm excited to get back into that. And I, I know, you know, all of our kids are, pretty excited to get back to just some normalcy um even if it's even if it's weird <laughs> even if it is like you mentioned the face mask the can't touch multiple people can't touch the same ball but i will say one thing for matt hoops we have had times during the season in the past where like one kid will be sick and the amount of that he does and gets makes sure the kids are always disinfecting everything and not hanging around or anything after uh, practices is amazing. So our kids are pretty used to, you know, going through and doing things that way. That's good. That's good. What's, what's funny is, uh, so Kyle Miller started this tradition where we would basically do a break and we would get their hands. So you had to shake everybody's hand, right? So all of, I mean, after every single practice, we used to do this. And towards like the middle of the season, well, this was like right in when everybody was getting sick, uh, schools were shutting down. We we changed it to a fist bump, and then we changed that fist bump basically to like an elbow tap because it was just like you couldn't shake hands. That's basically what the new normal is going to be now. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. I was always the coach to shake hands before games. <laughs> Once it started to get kind of you know, people were getting sick. I was just doing fist bumps and you know, it's, it, it's going to be weird because especially after games, like when you go through the handshake line, is that going to be like, uh, is it going to be like the NBA where you just kind of look at people? Like, how are we <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, there's going to be a lot of like Pistons bulls, like people just walking off the floor and staring at each other. Down. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, it, and it's not even going to be anything out of anger or anything. It's just, no, uh, it's the way this thing's going, and uh, if we want to, I'm going to tell you that you coached a hell of a game with my eyes. I'm just going to look at you, and with my <laughs> eyes, I'm going to say you coached a hell of a game. Well, you and Nick and Matt, you guys did well. <laughs> well, I appreciate in advance, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely going to be a little different. But I'm I'm excited uh, to get back at it because I we we had originally been told that we were going to try to wait as long as possible. And it seemed like it seemed like the safety measures were passed down a little, little more thoroughly, I guess, to where it felt more comfortable for us. Uh, I actually was in the school on Friday for the first time in two and a half months. Uh, we had one of our, one of our players, uh, Nate Kaiser signed with Muskegon college to play baseball. Um, you know, so, we went in for that for the baseball coaches did 
and it was so different because it, when we walked in school, you can tell when it's summertime because there's stuff out in the hallway and they're getting ready to clean. Well, the custodians have been cleaning the entire time. So there's been stuff out in the hallway and it, it was just, it was different. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's definitely a different world right now. I am kind of excited, I guess. And I don't want to say excited that, you know, we haven't heard as much about COVID-19 lately. Uh, I guess I would rather hear about it than the other stuff we're hearing about, but, you know, hopefully it's starting to run its course and uh, things can get, even if it's a new normal to some sort of normal, because I'm tired of, I love game shows, but I'm tired of watching game shows. <laughs> it's just nice to see the team and see yeah. the kids throughout. Cause I mean, it's been so long since we've all been together mm-hmm. and um, it was nice to get back in there and it, you know, get back to the swing of things, even if it is different, but uh, at least we get to do this. And that's like what we talked about as a staff. Yeah. It's like, okay. It could be worse. Yep. Yeah, it could definitely be worse. It's a it's a weird situation, but it's it happens. Like this happens throughout human history, like these weird illnesses and taking care of each other, you know, it is necessary. So I'm interested to see how the season will end up being. I'm just praying that every like I just hope the kids can play their stuff. You know, with being healthy. I know, I know. Like I like as a as a fan what like, we don't know what they're gonna say. Right. I mean they could they could say, Hey, until there's a vaccine, um, we're not gonna let fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. And it, it, maybe it could be what would they do at the convo, basically uh parents only? Yeah. Like is that how Yeah, it was it was like a pass list. And yeah. I don't know if they all went through the the pass gate, which is what I would guess would happen. And they just went up and they had to sit away from each other uh, unless they're parents or unless they're family. I think family was allowed to be around each other as long as they were like all in the same place. But, you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be different. And as long as we get to kind of do our stuff, I don't really care that much. Um Yeah. For the kids, I mean, they you know, it's fun to play in front of your your peers right. and you know, your fellow high school classmates. And I mean, that's special. That's the cool thing about high school sports. I don't know how they're going to be able, hopefully by then it's like, Hey, this is all kind of swept under the rug. It's kind of taking care of itself. Mm-hmm. They said there could be a vaccine as soon as like, this fall. Well, so if that happens, I mean, we're probably in good shape. Did you see the monkey stealing the vaccine? No, I didn't. Okay. So rise of the Planet of the apes, which was the, I think that was, oh, I think yeah. It was, yeah. So, you know how... That was the second one. Okay. So, I'm going to the first one, I think. Okay. Okay. Going from the end of the first one into the second one. That's that's how it is. Okay. At the end of the first one... Yep. Yep. That's at the beginning. Yep. Yeah. At, at the end of the first one, you see the, the jerk neighbor, uh, who's a pilot, after he got sneezed on by Horatio or whatever. Like, why can't I think of the main... Mm-hmm. Why can't I think of the main gorilla's name? Um... What was his name? It was the good guy. Um, it's not Hector, but it's something like that. And either way, uh, we'll say Horatio for now. So Horatio like sneezes on him or whatever. And that kind of starts this ape flu. And then he goes to the airport. He sneezes. And 
you just see pictures or you see a map of the world and it's where all these different people were flying to and from and going to different places that they were infected from this one guy. And Mm -hmm. that's how the first movie ends. Spoiler alert. Um, Probably should have said that before, you know, saying the ending. That's all good. Yeah, it's all right. Um, But the second one, the apes actually steal the vaccine. (laughs) And there's actually, I I think it was Australia. I don't know. It might have been South America. It might have been New Jersey. But there was, like, there's a lab that had some sort of test. And these monkeys broke into it. And uh, we're out on an electric line with the vaccine out of all things. Um, you know, it was just like a test thing, but it was just so perfect. Yeah, because like Caesar kind of like assembled Caesar, all this yes. stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it was so ridiculous how it, it kind of ended up being similar to the movie itself. Um, speaking of movies, you seen anything good lately? James Franco was in that movie, yeah, he, I think. He was in the first one. Yes, yes, okay. Um, I need to watch that again. That was a really good movie. Yeah, I actually saw it at a dine-in theater. Um, at Really? Yeah, at Mill Run, in, outside of Columbus, I think towards Hilliard. And you just, you go and sit. They had uh, a bar in the front. But you would, it wasn't like at AMC where they'll bring you your stuff and you're like in the layback seats. No, you're in like a computer chair and you're at a table kind of thing. And that's kind of cool. All right. And then the, the last movie I saw at the place was The Big Short with like Ryan Gosling and uh, Christian Bale, Steve Carell, and just a ton of other people in it. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, I actually stayed up one night last week and watched it until like 4 a.m. on Pluto TV faux free. And I forgot how like good it is and how terrible those people were. And and, you know, there's an episode of Better Call Saul that I was watching a couple days ago and it. It actually reminded me a little bit of the big short where these financial people were just unreal jerks. And, uh, yeah, it just reminded me of that. <laughs> so, well, look you, at, uh, it, that was a common theme with financial videos or yeah. movies. I'm sorry. Look at like wall street. <laughs> oh, uh, and the wolf of the wolf of wall street. Okay. I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm to say something here. <laughs> Please do. Anybody that loves Jordan Balfour, is a terrible person. Like if you think that guy's a good if you think that guy's a good person because Leonardo DiCaprio is super uh charismatic and could play him like he wasn't even likable in the movie. But he right. he, he's so charismatic to where he kind of blurs the line on does this guy suck as bad as I think he does? He did. He was yeah I think he was worse than the movie even made him out to be. And that guy's a complete scumbag. Um, but then we have people like worship him. I don't think it's as bad anymore because it's been a few years since the movie came out. But goodness gracious, people! I know, all you hear Pick about different. it afterwards, it was like you you heard nothing about uh, the movie other than you know Steve Madden and Penny Stocks, yeah. and people people just got obsessed with it. Yeah. But to be honest with you, my favorite part of the movie was Matthew McConaughey. He was hilarious, oh, and he just he wasn't so even in much. 
yeah, it's just the mm-hmm. but Leah's Leah's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. it's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's just it, it's so funny. <laughs> he's so skinny, and then you, <laughs> I I never saw Dallas Buyers Club, but when you get to like you have to, how, that's a great movie. Like, I know it's just. Uh, I know. I it's. I know. I some drug movies I don't really love. <laughs> I feel like that would be, you know, the super depressing part. Like, have you seen uh, uh, Darren Orlovsky? It was uh, Oranowski. Um, oh my goodness! There's a movie with Jared Leto, Marlon Wayans. Um, my goodness, I can't think of what it is even called, but it's where they're. It's four different drug addicts in one movie and just focus on them. Requiem for a Dream. Uh, No, I have not. Well, I saw that, and I think after that, it made me just not want to see movies where it's about drug addiction. So that was a big thing on Dallas Buyers Club for me. But you just see how skinny McConaughey is in... The Wolf of Wall Street, but then you see the pictures of him from Dallas Buyers Club. And you're like, oh, he must have filmed this like right. Yeah, so it's funny. <laughs> well, it's if you think of the diets that some of these actors have to yeah. get on, like Christian Bale for um, the the boxing movie that he was in, uh, where boxing. he was the uh, yeah yeah where he was yeah. where he was basically eating a uh, can of tuna and an apple a day. That was his diet. Well, it's not the first time he did it. Uh, I think it was that's insane. Davis. He got down oh, like 115 yeah. pounds. That's crazy. And then, he, then after the machinist, he immediately did Batman Begins and got up to like 220 of like. Pure I know. Power. It's like that dude is terrifying because he's so method and so good, and he scares me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, he is. But crazy. yeah, yeah. Speaking of people who got into who are getting into their characters. I kind of mentioned this to you before, but uncut gems. I watched it last night with Adam Sandler. Now it's, he's playing a Jewish person, which is what he normally plays, but Oh my gosh, he's so good. (laughs) He's it's so out of character for him, how he plays in that movie. Um, Which reminded me of what our power tower for today is Um, Adam Sandler movies. This will he, be a good one. He's made a lot. Um, you know, we went to, we talked about it earlier, if it would be producing. So movies like Grandma's Boy could have possibly been on, but. Um, that would have been up there on my yeah, list. If, if that, it was movie that he, Grandma, Grandma's Boy was just all around classic it, for a movie that you can just, you will, you will laugh at that every single time. Um, no matter when you pick up in the movie, you're going to always find a good laugh. Now, we talked last week on the animated movies, how I mentioned on Frozen, how it had the worst trailer ever. Mm-hmm. Grandma's Boy is another one that I think could fit into that because it looked like Grandma's Boy was the monkey. The monkey's, <laughs> the monkey's in the movie for like four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but the trailer made it seem like the entire movie was about the monkey. I didn't want to see it. <laughs> And then I was over at somebody's house uh, back in the college days, whereas, you know, we're at somebody's house, which means, you know, whatever. 
And someone's like, oh, you guys got to watch Grandma's Boy. I'm like, that looks like the worst movie ever. And I somehow got suckered into watching it. And I bought, <laughs> and I bought it the next day because I thought yeah. it was so funny. And it's just like, how do you make trailers that are that bad? Uh, I know, I, I, I get, know. Like, I don't know if it would have had a huge, like a huge audience because of what it is and not really having a big name, just having Sandler's friends in it. But, man, it's good. The trailer is a big piece to a movie release, and yeah. I've referenced this before on the show, but we're watching Entourage, which I've seen before, yeah. and anytime that there's a movie that the star actor of any chases, they talk about how, oh, we got to make sure we get the trailer to the right people, because mm-hmm. if if the trailer is botched in any way, it's going to stun our growth from the box office and all this other stuff, and it's so true, but you think about it. I mean, how many times do you watch the previews in a movie when you go to the movie theater and you're like, okay, I want to see this. I don't want to see this. I want to yep. see that. I don't want to see. And it, like all of a sudden we become movie critics based off of a trailer. Yep. That's how impactful it is. Yep. I completely agree. Now I will give a special shout out to one movie, which is very uh, divisive now, which is Tropic Thunder. Those movie trailers before that movie made me want to see well maybe not the weird robert downey jr one but those made me want to see those movies and they weren't even real Um, i know i know yeah i i probably would have seen it because it was probably would have been better than uh meet the farties or whatever the jack black one was (laughs) but but it's just it it's just a it's such a vital thing, and if the trailer's bad, it's it's lights out for that movie. Right. I mean, you know, I didn't see it. I want to see it, but Cats had possibly the worst trailer ever because, <laughs> because the CGI wasn't done on it, and then it turns out that they didn't really finish anything on it either. But, like, for Sandler, some of his movies do have just terrible... Uh, trailers too but like jack and jill i I think that was meant for just people who like the gap girls sketch on saturday night live like the three times they did it right yeah and right right you know that one was going to be kind of a niche audience anyway but some of these things are (laughs) some of these trailers are so bad but uh (laughs) we're going to kind of do it like we've done the last couple weeks where we do a draft and we'll do it snake draft you know whatever on that last week i went first so you get your number one pick of any movie adam sandler has been in so it doesn't necessarily mean that he had to star in it but he could be in it although when i look at my list of movies i possibly did i I believe he starred in all of them so yeah okay okay Okay. um this is for me an easy choice Uh, when I think of Adam Sandler, the first movie that pops in my head is Happy Gilmore. Okay. So Happy Gilmore, uh, probably one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, something that I, I can't tell you how many times I've actually watched it. It's, it's up there. Mm-hmm. But it combines hockey, golf, a uh, <laughs> lot of humor, and a really good story, too, at its core. Yes. Right. So the, you add that in, uh, a, a tremendous villain in oh, Shooter McGavin. Yeah. One of the best, uh, you know, there's a sentimental piece of, you know, Happy Gilmore trying to save his grandma's house. And then, you know, Shooter McGavin wants to come in and, and take it from him. And, you know, eventually 
Adam Sandler and, and you know, Happy Gilmore, I'm sorry, ends up being, um, you know, the hero in the end who it's just a tremendous story and a really good soundtrack too. Yeah. Um, I'm a big soundtrack oh. guy. We've talked about that before, but right. Tuesday's gone to yeah. end the movie with that piece. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And having Abraham Lincoln and a gate or an alligator waving along with Chubbs. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> it's just perfect. Well, it's perfect. Well, who's the most underrated person in that movie or underappreciated? Underappreciated. I think underappreciated would probably be, I would say Mr. Larson. I thought it was, he was, I mean, him or the jeering fan, Joe Flaherty, yeah, who Joe was, Flaherty. uh, the, yeah, who was yelling at, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he asked if he wanted to go to Red Lobster. <laughs> he asked Shooter if he wanted to go to Red Lobster. Very underrated life there. But I think Mr. Larson was hilarious. Just, I believe that was Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. He cracks the club in half, uh, chases Shooter. I'll, I mean, it's I'll just, see you in yeah. the parking lot. <laughs> There's just so many good one-liners. I mean, so uh, Kevin Nealon as Potter was is a great character that comes it's in. It's like and... one of the only things I've ever laughed at with Kevin Nealon. Um, oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Larson, he ended up, I don't know if you know this, he was a James Bond villain. Uh, he was called Jaws in one of the old James Bond movies. He also was one of the stars of the best Twilight Zone episode. It's called To Serve Man. Um, have you sweet? Have you you need that for anyone listening, even if you don't like the Twilight Zone, you need to find it's on Netflix. Find the episode to serve man. It is one of the only things I'll never say a spoiler for. Um, it's just it, it is one of the best twist endings ever, and it's kind of like you kind of can figure it out, uh, when you're watching yeah. it, but it's so well done, and uh, yeah, he's I, I mean, seven, seven foot tall giant, yeah. um, but. Happy Gilmore is one of those movies, though, that it, it combines so many elements mm-hmm. um, of what makes a good movie. Uh, some humor, a good, like I said, a good story. And, I mean, the fact that every single time somebody goes to the driving range, if people yes. don't try to hit it once like Happy Gilmore, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Top Golf turns into yeah. that. I'm sorry. Well, it just ends up people always try to hit it like Happy. Well, and then you have cameos from Lee Trevino. Even if it's just one line of, uh, uh, <laughs> I can't think of the old uh, Hods who had a beard. The uh, well, Bob Barker yeah, too. Bob Barker. Barker's uh, cameo was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob. and that's whenever Happy started to kind of lose it. Yes. You know, uh, I, and okay, so I on my iPod, I have Endless Love on there, and every. Every oh, time yeah. I, it comes on, out of like the seven hundred songs, I just go, "What friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's just there's so many things, and it, it I think it came out of a perfect time for like us growing up. To it's like our generation's uh, Caddyshack. Yes, it's fantastic. Just a, a hilarious golf movie. It, it honestly got me into golf. Right. I mean, that and Tiger Woods. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I sound like a like a doof is saying that, yeah. but it's true. <laughs> um, so we're going to go to my number one. I had two listed that were going to be my number ones because I knew you would pick one or the other. And it's Billy Madison. Um, no, of course. You know, it's, it, it, it was, okay. So I was in fifth grade when it came out. And I remember 
walking into my brother's room when him and some of his friends were watching it. They were seniors, and they were laughing so hard. They wouldn't let me watch it, which, of course, they rented the movie. And I begged and begged and begged for my mom to let me rent it. And eventually, I, I was able to get through. And, oh, my goodness, I laughed so hard just the, the whole time. It's just Mr. Anderson's perfect. Steve Buscemi's cameo is unbelievable in that. Oh, yeah. The, and, you know, and, and, of course, it the people people to kill list is uh taken off tv now like i i think it's just i don't even know what it even says uh now <laughs> because i think they edited it because you know if he's just crossing off the list you know what he's crossing off but the i'm glad i called that guy <laughs> just and his rambling incoherent response i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul it's just there's so that's used a lot in social yeah, media nowadays. It, there's so many, there's so many that's staying power. Yeah, uh, nib high football rules. It's just like you said. It's it, it has the staying power. It was his first big big movie, um, and it was something that you probably, I mean, if you really paid attention to it, you you knew that was going to happen later. Was his buddies were going to be in his movies. Uh, which I will say that if there's anything like I've never heard of like a bad word about Adam Sandler, like he seems like the most chill, seems yeah, awesome. like the most chill guy ever. But like he, he he's made so much money and he's like, hey, guys, you guys want to be in this movie? I'll write you a part. So, yeah. yeah, it's just like he, never forgetting who came with you or who had your yeah. back, I guess. Yeah. He kind of takes everybody with him. Yeah, I think that's what makes him such a good. I, he's somebody that you root for to make it in Hollywood because mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like he's not cut from that cloth of, um, you know, somebody that's dashingly handsome, yeah. you know, tremendous body, just a great like one of those prototypical like this is somebody that Hollywood is going to push and, and just kind of ram down your throat as being like the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Like Adam Sandler is somebody that we could hang out with in high school, right? I guess he's what he reminds me of. Yeah, he's just, he just seems like a good dude. And, I, and that's, you know, I love Billy Madison. He was, there's just so many little parts in that too. Um, it, it's just, it's so much fun. It's it's just like uh, <laughs> the random songs that get broke out in it that just don't make sense. That one, when you talked about a soundtrack, that's a Oh, yeah. Because, uh when Renegade comes on, I get real pumped. Uh, we're not talking about the Stitch dancing to Renegade, Renegade. We're talking about the real Renegade by uh, yeah. Dix and <laughs> him where him pulling up to high school with his uh, REO Speedwagon shirt and jean jacket on, <laughs> thinking he'd be real cool. like, "This isn't cool anymore." <laughs> yeah, and O'Doyle rules and all of that. So that I mean, and and some of the uh, bands playing yeah. uh, songs whenever he would graduate. Yeah. Billy passed the third grade. I mean, you just every I say that all the time yeah. now. I, I it's something that I sing like when my son graduates pre K, oh, and like he looks at me like, "What are you talking about?" You'll understand one day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, yeah, exactly. There was uh, one of the kids from our school had put out something about, uh, tweeted out something about their sibling had wanted to drink from the water hose, and all I could think of was the scene where. Uh, one of his friends is just spraying the kid in the face. With the, yeah. Who are you? I don't even know you. Yeah. 
<laughs> was that Norm McDonald no, no, uh, I think it was. <laughs> it was the other guy, the guy who I've never. Oh yeah, well, you're right. Yeah. It was the other guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So kind of, kind of move on. Uh, my number two is gonna be. <sighs> we might take a flyer on this, but I'm gonna go eight crazy nights. Okay. Uh, okay. Hey, it's all choice. Yeah, it is one of my favorite Christmas movies, and it's not a Christmas movie, obviously, because it's about Hanukkah. And it's just Whitey is such a perfectly nice person. Hilarious. And Sandler's character is such a dirtbag. And he, he's such he's such a dirtbag that you don't ever think he's going to redeem himself. And no, you know, and, and then you find out why he's such a dirtbag, and it's it's one of those things that you you learn as like a teacher coach kind of thing is. You know, you don't know everything about somebody. You don't know why people are this certain way. And that's why Whitey saw him with this potential. And it wasn't just because he was this great player growing up, but because he knew there was something there. Uh, When the products in the mall uh, come alive and sing to him, uh, tell him to have himself a cry, the music in it. Technical Foul is one of the funniest songs I've ever heard in a movie. That's yeah. a technical foul. <laughs> uh, the yeah, I, I love this movie so much that it almost made my animated list of yeah. Power Tower last um, week because it it was something that I mean I can't tell you how many times um, on HBO they would replay this. Yes. And this was whenever if you know we didn't have Netflix, mm-hmm. there wasn't you couldn't go and, and rent movies as you you could, yeah. but it wasn't like as available as it is now. It'd be like a two to three day yeah. thing. The HBO would run this all oh, the time. Fuck. And I, it was awesome. We watched it for probably like two or three weeks straight because it was just always on HBO. Yeah, it's it's so funny, and you know it's it's a good story. Obviously, uh, it's it's actually yeah. really short. It's like seventy eight minutes. It's not long. Yeah, it um, is. but it's 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 kind of like a kind of prototypical Sandler movie where it's the the guy who kind of doesn't live up to what his he could do then kind of redeems himself mm-hmm. which i mean really happy gilmore billy madison eight crazy nights all three of those kind of fulfill that way but in eight crazy nights there's not really the there's no villain besides sandler's character who ends up you know yeah. uh redeeming himself at the end it's it's really it's really fun and I, it's definitely never going to be on like network tv but it's uh, it's a little too inappropriate. It's a little too inappropriate, yeah, but it is just hilarious. Yeah, I love it. So uh, what's what's your number two? So my number two is The Waterboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think of uh, a movie that – a good football movie, actually this is on my list because, you know, it, it, it combines a good football story mm-hmm. with just quintessential Adam Sandler. Yes. You know, he it, for him to do the voice, the Waterboy voice, as well as he does, and you just completely feel like this is a real character. Bobby Boucher has talked about um, every year around draft yep. season. I mean, on ESPN, people always talk about him. I mean, it's a 31 year old guy living at home <laughs> with his mom. He's a Waterboy. Come to find out, he can absolutely lay the wood yeah. and is a hell of a tackler. And you know, gets picked up by South Central Louisiana State, which, the Mud which, Dogs, which is a brilliant joke for the time. 
Oh, yeah, because absolutely. Louisiana, Lafayette, and Monroe were what northeast Louisiana and southwest Louisiana. <laughs> so I mean, they had <laughs> yeah. these weird directional names. So it it was a perfect reference at the time. It's it's not as much now, but it was yeah. Be like South Central. How does that work? <laughs> right. Louisiana said, yeah, it's just funny. And then, you know, his mom is so protective and <laughs> Kathy Bates is, is great in that movie, Mama Boucher. Yeah. And that's kind of where he got his tackling ability. Mm-hmm. You see at the end of the movie when his dad shows up. Yeah. And Real his book. dad gets out and he, yeah, <laughs> it's me, your daddy. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, uh, Kathy Bates just, just trucks him. Yeah. And, you know, Bobby Boucher and, and Vicky are married and they're happy ever after. But, I think the uh, the movie itself, the the cameos that they yes. had, uh, especially for the the Bourbon Bowl, mm-hmm. which is a great yeah. name for a uh, for one of the bowl yeah. games. But I mean, there's just some really good cameos. The Big Show, Paul yes. Wright as Captain Insano. That's that's a really good cameo. Of course, you know Lynn Swan, Dan Patrick, Brett Musburger, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> Bill Cowher. I mean, you name yeah. it. It's amazing. It's an amazing uh, cast that they were able to get for some cameos. Now, um, uh, but one thing about Happy Gilmore, I want to throw in Vern Lundquist. Yeah, was in it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. yeah, and you know, he made you appreciate CBS golf yeah. uh, broadcast. He, yeah, uh, and, and you know, I think I think too the Waterboy, uh, their uniforms are absolutely dreadful, yeah. and I think that made it. It's just like. This poor school, so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and their water boy is so pretend. And then he gets in a game and he is like a Heisman candidate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like one of the best players that anybody's ever seen. Uh, but Coach Klein is, is a very good character for it. Coach Klein fits because he's somebody that looks kind of like a pushover, yep. right? Like, you don't think this guy has, uh, has what it takes to be a really good college coach. Mm-hmm. And his nemesis is you know is played yeah. by Jerry Reed you know who is so good. one of the yeah one of the best actors of probably of all time I mean he's up there and you know for him to go head to head and just you know for the bourbon bowl to turn out the way that it did but when I think of Adam Sandler uh, you know Happy Gilmore but his versatility to go play the water boy and mm-hmm. show you uh, what made him so special on Saturday Night Live yep. is the reason why I selected the Waterboy at number two. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And and like for Coach Klein, like when you mentioned, like kind of looks like a pushover. If you honestly look at like coaches in like the Sun Belt or like the bad Mac schools, yeah, their coaches are kind of similar. Like yeah, because they're like, man, I finally got my shot, and I'm a, now I'm in Akron. Like right, <laughs> you know. So they seem like a pushover at the same time. So go ahead with your number three. So my number three is Big Daddy. Ah. Big Daddy, Big Daddy is uh, another one of those movies that kind of tug at the heartstrings. Yeah. You know the you have this guy who is uh, kind of kind of like a guy's guy. You know, mm-hmm. Sonny is you know law school graduate, kind of lazy, has an apartment in Manhattan, kind of lazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just lays on the couch and eats Fritos all day. The guy is. When you think of Bachelor, you think of Sonny Kovacs, mm-hmm. which is a great character name, by the way. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, the fact that he adopts a kid to kind of impress his girlfriend, and then he ends up saying, man, like, 
this I'm growing attached to this kid and mm-hmm. he doesn't have anybody. And you know, the, their interactions together, it is, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's, it's a, that was, that was the one I kind of pushed off for eight crazy nights. Cause I, I love big daddy and it's, yeah. Um, when you see him go from Frankenstein to, you know, realizing he needs to grow up a little bit, it, even with the kid, cause he mm-hmm. matures, um, as Sonny matures and, you know, it's, it's a, it, it's just a really good movie. I, I think that was one of those where it, it surprised me based on how sentimental it was, but it did have one of the best lines with the, uh, he's got a five-year plan. What is it? Yeah. Don't die. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and oh it's just like the the little things like that sandler does they're just he does so well um and you know made me really appreciate him but yeah and and rob schneider as the delivery guy helps really um helps really make it because the delivery guy shows up and you know sonny's teaching um <laughs> sonny's teaching his uh his his boy if <laughs> you will uh how to read and things like that. And a delivery driver comes in and he can't even read. Yeah. So then the next thing you know, <laughs> next thing you know, Sonny's trying to teach his delivery guy how to read. Yeah. And he, when he reads hip, hip, hip hop, hip hop Anonymous. <laughs> I mean, it just makes you laugh every time. Um, have you ever seen uh, fly of the Concords from HBO? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had, they had a song called hip hop And all I could think of whenever I'd hear that was, uh, Schneider in that. <laughs> it's just so, really, yeah. <laughs> like theirs was, they were doing it obviously rapping because those guys are so good musically. But uh, which is also something Sandler is because that I thought you know hey. uh, Julian though too, like Cole Sprouse who played Julian. Yeah. I thought he was gonna be like the next big thing. He didn't really do much after Big Daddy. Well, he's he's on. Uh, Cole is on Riverdale now oh okay i, I, I think, didn't know that i think dylan is the one that's not doing anything i mean they did the sweet life of zach and cody which was yeah um it was there's a couple parts of that I, I laughed at i watched some weird stuff when i was going through some stuff in my life <laughs> and that was one of the shows i watched every once in a while um, yeah no i can see that yeah but i i will say one thing so far i mean eight crazy nights was like mid-2000s but Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Waterboy, Big Daddy were four of his first five major starring roles. Hmm. And for my number three, I'm going to take out number five, which is The Wedding Singer. Good choice. Now, for me, with The Wedding Singer, it, it has some sentimental value to it because it is the first time I got a, a really loud ovation from a crowd. Because this girl that sat behind me at the packed movie theater at Movies 4, uh, and where uh, Centerpoint Church is now in Shawnee Square, <laughs> Kilcothy, <laughs> this girl was so loud during the movie. And finally, during the airplane scene where uh, Girl with You, he's playing that, and she starts to yell. And I just turn around and just, Will you shut the hell up? <laughs> and everyone started cheering. <laughs> like, if you're that obnoxious story, you have to have someone just yell at you. That's not a good thing. But the music. She wrote a great movie. Yeah, that mu- music in that movie is so good. Like, it is. 
there was there was two it was it was really disappointing to me when I got the soundtrack because I asked my mom for it for my birthday. She gets which is a hilarious story to tell people like ten years from now. Yes, (laughs) so she (laughs) she gets me the soundtrack, and I'm so excited. And there was only one song Adam Sandler sang on it, and it was "Girl Old With You," because they had used the actual songs, which were great. Um, Like "You Spin Me Round," (laughs) round, which is part of my favorite inter- one of my favorite internet memes for those of you who don't know it don't look that up um <laughs> but do you know what i'm talking about yeah. yes so um <laughs> you know but his singing of it at the beginning is so good it is They're, they released two different albums and one of them was the original songs which is great which i i would still listen to if i knew where that cd was and then the other was the movie versions of the songs and like him singing uh, George singing the time by culture club, which of course is hilarious because he looks just like boy George, which was uh, <laughs> David, David Arquette's sister. Um, I don't remember what his name was or her name was earlier, but then it ended up being Alexis. Um, you know, was really good in that movie, uh, just as like a side character. But there's there's so many just it it that's one of those first movies where you know Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison were like full go, like start to finish hilarious. Well, the wedding singer had just some really touching moments in it. Oh yeah, uh, Drew Barrymore was fantastic, which I think we'll probably get through some of those movies coming up. Um, that's been a really good connection as him and Drew Barrymore. Um, kind of like the I think it was Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore were in a couple of movies, and everyone thought they were dating. Um, and it just turned out they were really good friends. Um, because of just her chemistry with everybody, she's a very underrated actress. She's awesome. Yeah. I mean, she's somebody we were talking about Julian and kind of being like the next big thing from a kid yeah. actor. Her and ET. Yeah, for her to do that that monumental move at that age, and for her to go on to stardom and actually deliver, is pretty yeah. impressive. Oh yeah, especially after what she went through in the eighties. Um, yeah, which was a lot of drugs, folks. Uh, yes. Yeah, which thankfully she got past it because that's another one of those people that seems like a really good person. But for the wedding singer, I, I loved it. the The grandma rapping rappers. Oh rapping yeah, is so funny. Um, Linda coming back. Getting paid in meatballs is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I would work for a good meatball. Yeah. Uh, those look like they're good meatballs. Those, those are big they, meatballs. They were massive. And like those are like there's meatballs that you have to put on pasta and there's meatballs that you just eat plain. You can yeah. eat those plain, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then, then there's like little lines in it. Like he sees Linda wearing his Van Halen shirt and he says, you know, you're going to you're going to curse the band. And yeah. then, like the next year in real life, they actually broke up uh, after the movie was ma- like the movie is set in like 1985 and they broke up in like 86. But it's just like a, it's a really good throwaway reference. Uh, Glenn is such a jerk. Uh, oh, yeah. His uh, I got punched in the nose for sticking in other people's business and sounds like a country song. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, 
<laughs> little things like that. But um, should probably move along because this is going to be a long segment anyway. But uh, my number four is the longest yard. I wasn't sure how it would be because I love the original. But as someone who loved, who loves Terry Crews, like Terry Crews is one of my favorite people on earth. That's your guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> loves Terry Crews. Nelly was one of my favorite rappers of the 2000s. Um, Stone then, Cold. Yeah, I was going to say. Then you throw in wrestlers. You got, you got Stone <laughs> oh. Cold, Kevin Nash. Oh. Uh, uh, the great Kali was in it. Uh, yep. Bob Sapp, who wrestled some, was in it. He was more MMA, but like, there's all these just like huge people in it. Not even mentioning Michael Irvin. Um, Chris Rock's in it. God, it's just that thing was Tracy Nick, Morgan. Tracy Morgan, Nicholas Totoro was yeah. fantastic in it. Uh, it's are, way better than the original. The yeah. the remake was awesome. I mean, people will probably say like, "Oh, Burt Reynolds." Yeah, he was in the second one too, though. You know? Yeah. Oh, and he was so good in the second one. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's, it's so much fun. Paul Crew is probably going to be a power tower of like if, if we talk about like the best athletes in movies. Yeah. Paul Crew. Paul Crew is a player. He's he, a playmaker. He'd be up there with Spike Hammersmith from uh, <laughs> Little Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your post on that. Yeah, I was rolling. Yeah, I, I taking a kid's head off. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> Icebox is up there. <laughs> yeah, this guy comes on. Uh, I don't even remember his name now. Is is Mike something? He comes on. Yeah. Like, I'm watching Classic Concentration. He's Alex Trebek, and this guy comes on. He's a stand up comedian from Seattle. And I look at him. I go, man, that guy looks familiar. I said, I know that's that's got to be that guy from Little Giants, and it turned out that it was. <laughs> I was so, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So for me, the longest yard, once again, something Sandler does great. The music in it is great. Um, you know, using using Nelly with the, his "Here Comes the Boom" is oh so, yeah, yeah, and it's just uh I can't think cool of cool story too though. The you know, the inmates, the convicts versus yeah. the warden and his, you know, the people that treat these prisoners so poorly and you know, the the warden and how, how evil he is. So you're you're pulling for Paul Crew to, to, to make it happen. And he does. Um yeah, Goldberg was in it. Did we even mention that? No, I don't think we did. Yeah. So like Goldberg in the movie. Um William Fickner, uh, Fickner, I, 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 Fickner, I don't know how to say his name, but the, he was the quarterback for the, for the guards. Yeah. He, he's so good in the dark night in like the first five minutes in the opening of the movie. And <laughs> that dude is so good in everything he's in. And he's, yeah. He's just this evil guard and so good. But he's evil, but he's competitive and wants to win fair. And it's just like, oh, it's such a good movie. And that is a good movie. Babe's dad, our owner, farmer, whatever, um, is a great villain in it. It's it's fantastic. So who's your number four? So my number four, I'm going to go with Fifty First Dates. You kind of already laid it out there about the Drew Barrymore. Yeah, uh, component, but 
just <laughs> the fact that you have this guy who thinks he met the woman of his dreams and yeah. then the next day happens and she has short-term memory loss due to a crash and she forgets him and she's like who are you and then you know, he has to replicate that date every single day. Um, and then she slowly remembers. And it's just a cool story, too. Um, it was it was one of those movies where you kind of saw um, a non-traditional Adam Sandler role, yeah. I guess, if you will, where he was he more or less just played a regular dude. He didn't yeah. try to be the water boy or um, he, he wasn't trying to put on this persona as the wedding you know, singer and. He was doing all these different things, and then you came out with like fifty first dates, and you're like, "Man, this is just—it's like a good, easy going movie." Yep. Um, Drew Barrymore is, is awesome, but one of my favorite characters in that movie is actually her brother, Sean Astin. Uh, oh, he is hilarious <laughs> as Doug, yeah. the, the brother that's on steroids, and you know he's some of the one liners that. Um, Henry Roth has to him is pretty funny, yeah. but you see him out there in like a mesh jersey, and he's just like Reuter. Him and his dad are like looking out for uh, for Lucy, and um, it, I like the island vibe too. Yeah, um, you know, it, it just adds a different dynamic. But um, one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's it's definitely uh, it's a unique storyline too. Yeah, you you mentioned the island vibe, which also puts some good. Hawaiian music in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, his, his dad or her dad in it, which for whatever reason, his name's escaping me too. It's, um, but he's in a bunch it's, of different movies. It, yeah. Um, Sean's dad in um, Boy Meets World. <laughs> it's Blake, uh, Blake, Blake Clark. Yes. Um, who, yeah, who plays? Uh, he was actually he was farmer. He's Fran. in a bunch of yep, yep. Farmer Fran and the Water Boy. Mm-hmm. But um, Maya Rudolph is in that movie as well. Yep. Before she kind of got real big and, and blew up. Yeah. So I that's a great choice. Uh, it has a really good uh, one of Dan Aykroyd's few actual funny roles. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was one of those guys that just kind of lost it. And lost the ability to be funny um but you know the where they're at the callahan mental yeah. health institute as a tribute to farley made me so happy when i saw it um yeah so. that's an underrated component of it too i mean yeah. they um just the vibe though that you get when you watch that movie it's just like a feel-good movie right yeah. like there's and it's not something that you have to necessarily pay a ton of attention to it's a movie you can just kind of click on and catch pieces and bits of it. And then mm-hmm. you understand the concept and you're like, this is just, I mean, it makes you feel good. Right. Yeah. I love the, um, you know, uh, the sixth sense part where they just have to watch it every day. Just the storyline in itself. I mean, it's a really creative storyline and it's something that, you know, I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I know people do suffer from short-term memory loss. I just, I mean, could you imagine having to do that? That's exhausting. Dating is hard. I would not know what it's like because I've been married for, you know, nine years almost. Yeah. But I've been with my wife for close 10 years. So I'm so far out of the the dating game. It's a lot of work. I can only imagine. Uh, To do this on top of trying to find somebody, dude, this guy deserves like a prize. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's a, 
it's it's a really good movie. Um, I I enjoyed it a lot. That that was the hardest part to me about us doing this draft part is not being able to throw some of these on my list. So what's your number five? So my number five is um, is actually Mr. Deeds. So yeah. Mr. Deeds is uh, I think up there with kind of cut from the same cloth as uh, a Happy Gilmore, a Billy Madison, um, just just one of those one of those stories that if you look at Adam Sandler and his character, he is, you know, at his core, he's just a good guy, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's what I think of when I think of Mr. Deeds, he's just a good dude. And yeah. it's not his fault that he inherited like $40 billion or whatever it was, mm-hmm. but you know, now he's, he's basically trying to figure out this new life and um, at his core, he's just a good guy. I mean, he's not used to having a butler. Yeah, and Emilio, his butler, is hilarious. Speaking and of just speak his, of his t- lines, yeah, uh, Totoro brother there too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but just how he talks is better than nice. Just, yeah. I mean, it, it's so funny. And I, one of my favorite parts is uh, the fact that he can't; his foot is permanently damaged from frostbite. Yes, and he, <laughs> I mean, every time I see a uh, you know a fire picker. Mm-hmm. I think of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's certain things that um, that movie uh, Winona Ryder I thought was brilliant in, um, but Longfellow Deeds just a yeah. uh, just a good dude. You know, somebody you root for. Right, I completely agree. It's it it was a really fun movie. Uh, Winona Ryder is a she doesn't want to be a scumbag, but she ends up sort of being. Then she redeems and mm-hmm. the uh, the TV producer or the news producer is actually ends up being in uh, Mad Men for a few seasons. Um, oh, yeah. So that was a, a fun thing to find out. I was like, where have I seen this? Oh, Mr. Deeds. And, oh, yeah. So my number five, I kind of mentioned it earlier, is Uncut Gems. Um, frantic from the get go. Like, it is, if if you have like high anxiety, like I have pretty bad anxiety, it was kind of hard to watch at times because you can feel it. It's, it's so well done and it's so out of the characters that Sandler plays. Um, You know, he like, honestly, he should have got nominated for an Oscar last year for this. The movie itself probably shouldn't have. Uh, I do think I saw probably five, four or five movies last year that were better. But it was still really good. The the celebrity, like The weekend was in it. It was set in 2012. So it was actually before The weekend blew up. So the part with... I need the, to see it. Yeah, the part with The weekend in it's great. It's on Netflix now. Um, it's just one of those movies where it's, it's Sandler, you know, being... It, it, it's... And it, it kind of fits into kind of what he is, too, because there was a lot of sports in it. Kevin Garnett was fantastic in it. Um, you know, it's just, um, I don't know. I, I recommend seeing it. I think it's, a, you sold it to me though. I, yeah. I definitely have to see it now. Yeah. It's a, it, it's something that, like I said, it, it's frantic from the start. And like my mom watched it with me and it's two hours and 14 minutes, but she said it, it felt like it flew by. That's how like frantic the movie is, is there's nothing, there's no slow scenes in the movie. Like, something is always happening and it's 
it's worth the watch. Like I said, it's on Netflix. It just came on like last week. So uh, I think it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, moving on to number six. This is kind of, uh, I think this one's going to be kind of out of left field. Is you don't mess with the Zohan. I figured you would go that way. I really yeah. did. That that's a uh, that's a good choice. It's something that I think um, it, it shows his range and just yeah. how how talented he is and how many different hats he can wear. Right, and then also with that one, that could possibly be in there for the uh, bad trailer movies because I thought that thing looked terrible. And for some reason, this is going back to uh, things that I collect. My mom bought me the DVD of it. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> like, that was in my mind, I was just like, I'm not going to watch this movie. And then, it does look like one of the worst movies based off of its trailer alone. It looks terrible. Yeah. And then I watched it uh, down in my basement. Uh, after I moved back home, as I was going through college, I was I watched it on this old analog TV, and it was so funny, like it was so good, it was so funny. It's it it's it's just weird how the movie progresses and everything. And it's it's different, but I I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Well, you don't it you, like we talked about before on the podcast when you go in with minimal expectations for movies. Yes. I think that's whenever you have the, the chance to really catch lightning in a bottle because you are going in with no preconceived notion that this is a good movie. And it's just like you go in with a blank mind. If people tell you something's good, usually it's probably going to fall a little short because your expectations are going to be high. But when it's the opposite. You're pleasantly surprised. That's one of the best things about, um, I think, bad trailers. Yes. I completely agree. So what, what's your uh, number six? So my number six is uh, kind of a sentimental movie. It's Rain Over Me. Oh, it's okay. a movie that um, it's based around 9-11. So mm-hmm. you see a guy that has, has a great family um, and 9-11 hits and he loses it all. Mm-hmm. Um, just heart-wrenching stuff. And he runs into a uh, a college roommate who's played by Don Cheadle. Yeah. Uh, and it is just one of those movies that uh, you see you see a guy that's on the verge of losing it, and come to find out his friend like he didn't even know uh, was was in New York City still. They they bump into each other, and then um, he really helps Charlie overcome this. And, right. and Alan Johnson is the, is the character is Don Cheadle's character. And Alan helps pull Charlie out of this and uh, kind of gets his life back for him because there's a lot of things that, you know, nine 11 took from people. Uh, could you imagine losing your whole oh. entire family? I mean, oh. gosh, just yeah. absolutely just sickening stuff. Um, and this was a, a part where I hadn't seen Adam Sandler play. Right. This was this was a, a guy that um, was going off the deep end. He has like long shaggy hair, and he's always listening to a song. And this gets me into the music piece. Well, the song they always listen to is uh, "Love Rain Over Me," mm. and it's a uh, Pearl Jam song. That is a, that is a, one of the best songs to listen to. It is just it's it's a banger, mm. and it, it's something that 
he's always playing in the movie. So then you're intrigued. You listen to it. Man, it's a good song. And, I, you know, you get into Pearl Jam a little bit. And then, like, the next thing you know, you go down and you're listening to, like, three or four Pearl Jam songs <laughs> based off of this movie. Yeah. But it's just a – it was a, a very good plot. Uh, and I thought it was a brilliant performance by Don Cheadle and Adam Sandler both. And Jada Pinkett Smith's in the movie. Liv Tyler's in the movie. Um, it's a very good cast. Um, and speaking of, you know, we talked about Breaking Bad on here before. Well, Jonathan yeah. Banks is, is oh, in that movie as well. Yeah, that dude's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so I highly recommend that movie. Mm. Yeah, so what's uh, going to round out your list? So mine's going to be Click. Uh, Click is one of those movies that's kind of, uh, it's kind of an easy watch as well. Uh, It's a very cool plot. It's a a different story. Uh, But to have the ability to stop or start or rewind anything that happened in life, I mean, that's a crazy, it's a crazy thing to wrap your head around. This guy, I mean, he, he works his fingers to the bone. He's an architect and he just works all the time and he's not there for his family. Right. So mm-hmm. for him to for him to have the ability to, to create this remote, uh, he he kind of thinks, hey, I can do the best of uh, my work life and my family life. I can kind of balance this, balance that. Well, in the end, he realizes, hey, I, what I really need to focus on is not this remote that can kind of uh, stop and start an argument or fast forward over this or rewind mm-hmm. that. I need to focus on my family, which is what's important in life. Like I, I have to change my life for the better. Uh, this remote just kind of showed me what was important. Yeah. The the scene where, like, his dad's dying and he can't get to him because the remote's stuck is, oh, my God. It's so, that one destroys me. And then also, uh, his son in the movie, his adult son, was played by Dustin Hoffman's son. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Who also, you mentioned him earlier when we talked about um, the Wolf of Wall Street, he also played Steve Madden in the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, oh, and Jonah that. Hill was in that movie too. Yes. So that's a weird connection. Right. Yeah. You know, so Jonah Hill, of course, was in the same movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Click was, Click was something that was like, oh, I, I didn't like, the first time I saw it, I watched it around people. I did not like that because it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a really good movie. Um, it is. It's something that you do have to. It's not an easy. Uh, I, I can kind of pay attention, kind of not pay attention. Like Fifty First Dates. Once you watch it once, like you can flip it on a couple of times. Right. And still, like I, I feel like Click. You have to kind of watch it from start to finish and be dialed into what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you like that pun there? Yes, I did like it. Um, yeah. So I kind of just want to throw out some some other ones. Uh, I've heard. Have you seen the Hotel Transylvania? I have not. Okay, I I've heard those are really fun. Um, I I don't I I'm hit or miss on even seeing animated movies. I almost just see Pixar, Disney at this point. Um, but I've heard those are good. Uh, Punch Drunk Love was one of those movies it's that a good movie. You know Barry Egan is terrifying, yeah. um, and he's so like you can tell there's some mental health issues there. Uh, Emily Watson's really good in that movie. That's somebody who kind of disappeared after like five years of being in a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Um, another one, I like, I really like Little Nicky. I know a lot of people don't. Um, 
I liked it. it. I, I did. It, I, I always get uneasy around like the devil pieces and yeah. stuff, you know, like that was my only thing. I'm like, I don't know if I should be watching this. Right. Uh, I do like Harvey Keitel and he's really funny. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's some parts in that that are really funny. Uh, anger management. I, I enjoyed him and Jack Nicholson's interactions, but it's, it's kind of a hit or miss overall movie, but I thought that, uh, well, it's expectations too. You think yeah, it's because with of Jack. Those... Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you, expectations, man. That's everything. Uh, yep. another movie, I don't know if you're going to name it or not, is Spanglish. Spanglish was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, uh, another one's really good. Uh, one that I, I don't think I could have put it on anyway, but a movie that 100% probably will never be shown on TV again is I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. Oh, yeah. 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 There's some funny parts in that. That's one of those, uh, one of the really first ones where it was like he was just putting his friends in this movie. Um, I mean, Rob Schneider plays a, like kind of plays in yellow face in it. Um, Sandler and Kevin James acting like like faking being gay and like faking a gay marriage but i i didn't i didn't think they, <laughs> it like, wasn't offensive though right i didn't think that they went to where they could have and what i kind of expected them to go to uh but for my number seven is a movie that if you haven't seen it with your kids you need to see it is bedtime stories um it's just it, it it's him just making up stuff and it happens. <laughs> it's just, it, it's you, you, you turn your bedtime stories up to 11 to make them more fantastical for your kids or your niece and nephew, however you want to say it. But it's to me, it, there's a ton of heart in that movie. It's kind of back to his normal slacker uh, going against somebody else in competition for something. So it's kind of like for the hotel again. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's Lucy Lawless is in it. She's a terrible person in it. Um, it's just, I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought the kids were really good. I love guinea pigs. So um, that's why I went with Bedtime Stories as my number seven. No, that's a good call. And uh, Carmen Electra's in that movie as well. Um, what? So Carmen Electra's in that movie as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I have to introduce my son to... Uh, Carmen Electra, I'm going to say, hey, you know, this is what she's known for. Because that's a PG movie, right? Yeah. Well, you, um, do you know that her career started as a dancer in a show at Kings Island? No, I did not. I knew yeah. she was from, like, the Cincinnati area. Yeah, I think she was. Um, I, think I tell you what that movie has in it, though, that I really um, – I, I, I like Russell Brand. I think he's hilarious. Yes. I, I think he's a good – I think he's a good actor. I think he's funny. Um He's somebody that uh, can can really make or break a movie for somebody, mm-hmm. but I, I thought he was pretty good in this. Yeah, and him and and forgetting Sarah Marshall is so funny. I um, agree. Like he made yeah. that movie, in my opinion. Yeah. So um, there's our lists. Um, you know, obviously we may have missed one, or we. Might my have- first runner up is that's my boy. I was down between that's my boy and click. I yeah. went with click over it because I think the story is just, there's a little bit more there, but yeah. that's my, that's my boy is a hilarious movie. It doesn't get the best reviews, but I'm a big time Andy Samberg guy. Yeah. And you know, you have his dad 
Adam Sandler playing his dad, and he's his dad is just a loser. And it's so funny though, just whenever they kind of um, go out on the town, if you mm-hmm. will. Uh, but it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's our list. If we got anything wrong, or if you think we may have reached on one, like you know, we may have, we'll put the poll up again. Uh, later today when the show goes out and uh, we'll see who wins we're one to one so far uh, within the polls you won you won the animated movies um, I don't even remember what I all oh, best ones without a title um, so uh, it'd be fun to see uh, how how this one plays out yeah this could go either way I think people really need to listen to the podcast to hear the rationale um, right. rather than just looking at the list but mm-hmm. I complete. I think this one you you definitely have to kind of listen to the rationale, right? Um, but I, I mean, I feel pretty good about my selections. You, mm-hmm. it's going to be a toss up. It's really going to come down to you know personal preference and what people have been exposed to from Adam Sandler because he's um, he's a unique talent, and I don't think there's anybody like him in Hollywood right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Anybody that's pretty consistent. He's also probably the smartest man in Hollywood getting that Netflix deal and just being able to make whatever, yeah. um, <laughs> um, which I think he's done better movies lately too. So I'm excited to see uh, what the future has in hold has in store for him. Um, and we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with one more thing. So hang right with us. We'll be back here on one. Now it's time for one more thing. All right, now it's time for one more thing. Uh, Mark, is there anything that you want to uh, recommend for people to see, watch, do? Yeah, I'm going to go with Waco on Netflix. It's a great miniseries. Okay. Uh, Usually in Netflix, the the acting on some of the series has, is definitely hit or miss. Some of the stories are good, but some of the acting mm-hmm. kind of leaves a little bit to be desired. This was one of the best acted miniseries that I've ever seen. Taylor Kitsch, who uh, is well known for, oh. yeah. Or, yeah. Or. He was well known for uh, his role in, in Friday Night Lights as Tim Riggins, as David Koresh, mm-hmm. the cult leader um, that, that develops yeah. his compound in Waco. He is phenomenal in this, in this role. I'm not sure how much weight he loses too. To see. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it yet, John, but um, he, he's super yet. trimmed down. Um, but the mood, the, just the plot line itself is 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 crazy. Uh, and and I'm a big fan of Julia Garner, who is in um, she's in mm-hmm. Ozark, and she's in this as well. So okay, uh, just a very well acted uh, series, and the story itself, like it's something that I didn't even know existed. I hadn't even heard of this. Oh, horrible, horrible story. Horrible story. <laughs> but the acting is good, and yeah. it's a very interesting plot. And it's something, too, that um, everybody was watching Tiger King, and there was that, you know, people said if they take his cats away from him, uh, they don't want a, another yeah. incidence of Waco. So that kind of got me intrigued into this. I'm like, that happened in Waco. So I looked yeah. it up a little bit. Well, come to find out, there was, you know, this was on Netflix. But I guess it was originally on the mm-hmm. Paramount Network. Um and then oh, Netflix okay. picked it up. So that kind of explains a little bit about the acting, why it was, I think, so good. But it was, 
Yeah. It, it was just incredible. Yeah. Do you, do you know why I said poor guy about Taylor Kitsch? I, I assume because you're talking about what happens in Waco. No, no. Okay. So I think it was the summer of 2012. I think okay. was the summer. He had, he had John Carter came out, which is, it's up there with the biggest flops oh, of all yeah. time. Um, which if they just stuck with the John Carter of Mars name, I think alone would have helped it. But apparently it's not that bad of a movie, but it was a big time starring feature for him. It's a Disney movie that you never see. Yeah. Right. And then he was also in Battleship, which wasn't that. It wasn't that good either though. But it, no. His PR people really picked poor projects for him. Yeah. He seemed like he was like right after he was on Friday Night Lights, he had four starring roles in 2012 and they all bombed and he hasn't had a starring role. That's in crazy because like John Carter was, you know, yeah. it was one of those Disney movies that you can't find anything on. But I just yeah. remember the animatronics or the computer uh, generated imagery was like really weird in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like that weird looking like yeah. alien slash like eight foot weird looking thing like it was just and i know it was supposed to be yep. like out of this world if you will but it was just a weird that was a weird movie well and then i everything i've heard about that was like the story is from like the i think the 1920s and people had been trying to make that movie since the 1920s because the story is so like fantastic but it can't mm, be made yeah. and then disney was and then Disney was like, "Oh, we're doing it. we're doing it." And then they proved everybody right in the past that that story just couldn't be made because it's so the way. The yeah, story it's like a Civil so War vet that ends yeah. up in this planet full of weird looking aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I felt bad for him because you know he he was he was in yeah. four big movies and then they they all. Fell flat. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was awesome. Right at lights. Yeah, like let's say like two of those hit, and he gets really good reviews on them. And I'd say his his best movie was probably Savages. Did you see Savages? That that was one of the ones that was uh, yeah that flopped. I I liked Savages. I I thought that was a good. That that was more or less like kind of up his. And it was like Mexican drug cartel Oliver Stone movie. So like I can see that. The whole Disney thing, I mean, I, I, John Carter, the whole concept of yeah. it, I think it's a weird name for that movie, too. Yes, that was one where the movie title yeah. was so bad. Uh, yeah, because, like I said, like if you just put the Of Mars on there, then it's like, oh. Okay, and again, we go back to expectations. Else. Your expectations are set then. When I think of John Carter, I think of yep. something that's going to be just monumental. And it, it was just it's super weird. Well, for me, for if, when I think of John Carter, I just think of a guy. <laughs> like honestly, it's just like to me, I just think of a guy. Like I don't. Well, think I think I think of like Coach Carter, right? And like I look at it like yeah. that. So to have a name, a basic name like that, you think of this, like mm-hmm. George Washington, like something that's it's like a really basic yeah. name, but you would think like, okay, this is gonna be crazy, John Q. Uh, you know, like some of these movies, John Wick, 
some of these movies have good titles right. in them, and then you're kind of expecting. Speaking of all time, no expectations and was unbelievable movies as the John oh, Wick for movies. sure. Like, yeah, I don't think anyone expected no. that to happen with those, and they're so fun. Um, for me, my one more thing is, um, it's a something I've referenced for a long time. I found the movie on Pluto TV on their cult film sta- uh, station. It's called Heavy Metal. It is on a lot on there. I have not. Have you ever seen it? Okay, so Heavy Metal, I think it is, again, is a Canadian comic book. And it doesn't it doesn't go by the comics code. So the comics code is there's like no sex in it. And there's no cussing in it. Heavy Metal <laughs> doesn't care. Heavy Metal is... It's the most absurd, terrifying thing I've ever seen, and it's got really good music in it. Uh, because in the early '80s, heavy metal wasn't like screaming stuff; it's just louder, and that's what it is. And it's it's kind of just louder music. It's absurd mm-hmm. animation, and then what makes it what makes it really funny is there's. Uh, different vignettes or like you know little stories in it and eugene levy plays a character in it john candy plays a character in it and it's just all these canadian comics uh you you mentioned uh joe flaherty he's in it he plays a lawyer in it and it's just all these canadian people are in this movie and it's so absurd um i if i'm also going to recommend uh, uncut gym. I gotta get like on I mentioned that. earlier, but yeah. So uh, those would be my recommendations. I, I if you're if you're under uh, seventeen, I would not recommend um, heavy metal because it's so so over the top. But um, do you remember the episode of South Park where Kenny kind of goes into like a fever dream? I don't think I do. Okay, it's the movie, the show title, it's called Major, Major Boobage, <laughs> and it's just this, it's, it's so absurd, and that's the, the, the episode is based off of the heavy metal movie, and it's just, it's so, so stupid, but it's so fun, and, like, I don't know what even happens in the movie, but I, it's one of those movies where I, I can recommend it. <laughs> Yeah, so um, you know this. That's going to be all for our show to this week. Um, we'll catch back up with you here in a couple. Yeah, weeks. Yeah, it sounds good, man. I always enjoy coming on, and yeah. this was a very fun topic, and uh, it was something that we can debate forever because there's so many good Adam Sandler movies out there. But uh, it was really mm-hmm. cool to kind of narrow it down and then dive, you know, deep into each film. And you know, I always appreciate your thoughts because you're so well versed on, um, you know, a lot of movies, but. Uh, these Adam Sandler movies, I think this was right up your alley, and I'm just glad I can. Con- I, right. I'm just really glad I could contribute. Oh yeah, you contributed very well, like always. And uh, sounds good, John. Thanks, buddy. You take, take care. care. Yep. Thank you once again for listening to One More Ride. You can follow us on social media at one more ride jb 
on Twitter and on Instagram. My personal Twitter account is at Coconut Wall Papa. You can follow us and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. While you're there, if you could give us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you, and have a wonderful rest of your day.